from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. happening over here we have a sniffer (laughs) some some sniffing going on so we're getting ready for the show everybody what's up hello (laughs) welcome to legends look back get ready for the show look over at emily she's got this little little tube what is Mm. it you know is it legal uh i don't know she's bottle (laughs) little jar of something she's sniffing it and i'm like uh what you got over there death sticks (laughs) i have emily essential oil tell the good folks what you're sniffing tonight (laughs) peppermint essential oil Nice. Um, fun fact, when you're in your last trimester of pregnancy, all the symptoms of the first trimester, aka sensitive nose, nausea, tiredness, it all comes back around, plus extra. So yeah. I've got a wave of nausea this evening, and the guys were making fun of me <laughs> before the show. We were supportive. You were very we supportive, were but lighthearted teasing, which is totally <laughs> yes. fine. That's what we do here. Um, but yeah, so it turns out your nose gets a lot more sensitive when you're pregnant. Who knew? Hmm. Well, I was preparing the show notes and what I had is I was going to introduce the guests, you know, the co-hosts here in a second. It was like, you know, I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts, one of whom is pregnant, okay. but you'll never guess which one. <laughs> you'll yep. never and, know. Uh, <laughs> totally ruined that bit with the, the whole, you know, sniffing. I, I will say, Emily, I forget, totally forget you're pregnant because I see yeah. shoulders up. For yeah. the podcast, <laughs> over the Zoom call here. One of these days, we'll do an in-person, you know, all four of us. The Living Force guys just did that. Did you guys catch some of that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that cool. looked cool. so cool. Yeah, I actually got to uh, FaceTime with the guys. I, I was like, did hey, you really? uh, I, wanna, I want you all to stand up next to each other so I can <laughs> size you up <laughs> from here. how tall everybody is? <laughs> yes. I, I will say... Rick is exactly as tall as I remember him. Now his other dimensions, oh, yeah. I won't. I won't spoil. <laughs> They've changed since, since college. <laughs> I haven't grown up, but I've grown out. <laughs> I actually uh, got dinner with some friends here at the new church, and uh, we're at, right at the end of dinner, and I, I was like, "Oh no, what time is it? Uh, I like what time is it? Eastern time? Because I've got a podcast to do tonight. I'm in the new time zone. I'm really struggling with the maths on it all. If you're British and um, <laughs> basically I was okay on time, but then the people I was having dinner with, they're like, uh, podcast, you got a podcast? And I was like, boy, do I, you want to hear all about it. Uh, have you ever heard of the outdated and irrelevant star Wars book? <laughs> and they were like, no. And, uh, so I told them all about it. I was like, actually, you know, we, I've got a guy, a friend from, you know, from college. They went to the same college as me. Uh, that is my producer on this. You probably don't know him. Rick Grace. And they were like, huh, we went to Europe with Rick Grace. <laughs> small world. Small world, man. Um, unbelievably excited to be here with you guys in the right time zone. Smelling fresh. Honestly, you know, have no way of knowing how anybody's smelling. Um, hopefully the nausea <laughs> settles down. I will say, the book we're talking about tonight, there were a few points where I got a little tummy troubles. Mm. Some violent stuff in this bad boy. Mm. We are, of course, tonight talking about well, I've got the old cover. Pretty soon we're going to have a new cover to show off, and I'm so excited. But we got 
One of the best Star Wars books, one of the worst covers, sorry to say, Darth Bane, Rule of Two. <laughs> Unbelievably excited to talk about a an absolute Legends masterpiece here tonight. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back. This is a show that is proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. It's a Star Wars books podcast where we collect Star Wars books in every format imaginable, even microfiche, where we celebrate our rich <laughs> EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts, only one of which is pregnant. Can you guess which one? First of all, Freddie C. How are you doing, Freddie? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, I was thinking about this whole smelling thing, and Emily, you can uh, turn away for a second while I say this, but uh, I'm curious to, to, to you know, what does Bane smell like with all those orbalisks on him? Ooh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Oh. I mean, you have to imagine. He's not cleaning himself, but is he? Gross. No, he, I don't suppose. Hmm. Did you ask him the real hard-hitting question? That was, that was yeah, real discussion. Jumped right in. Right in the beginning. Oh. Here we yeah. go, Darth Bane. You can only get this kind of discourse on Legends Look Back. That's right. Where we talk about what Bane smells like under his organic, crusty <laughs> orbalisks. You know who probably smells better than crusty orbalisks? Our producer, Rick Grace. Hello. I am here, and as far as I know, smelling decent. And... Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't really smelled some. myself today. Yeah, I do. I do have a candle that smells really good, and I'm just enjoying that. It's a uh, timber wick. That sounds fun, right? Ooh, that sounds very maybe. Rick. I wonder if they make. I think that's the brand. Yeah, t- Actually, timber Rick. It's Winter Fireside. Yeah, Tim Timber Wick. Yeah, Timber Rick. Timber Got Rick. it. I like timber it. Rick. <laughs> Timber Wick, guys. Timber Wick. Do y'all think they have Star Wars candles? What? Well, I, they have Star Wars soap, so why not? There's they Star Wars should. soap. My neighbor. My neighbor uh, last year got them all and called me. Normally, that means like he needs some serious, urgent help. <laughs> He's got uh, muscular dystrophy, so like sometimes oh. I, I, you know, go over there and and I'm just like, oh no, what's wrong? And he's like, I got Star Wars soaps. Come smell them. You know? <laughs> he's very proud. Very proud. Nice. Um, you know who? Uh, what's the transition here? Hi, Emily. How are you? <laughs> doing well considering i was just asked to sniff as the cold open <laughs> listen freddie was supposed to have the cold open and he dropped the ball all right it's all good i just i feel Ooh. like every other week i've had Ooh. some really strong stories to lead and uh and this is the one week when it was me sniffing um so you're welcome to those of you who were here uh you're welcome. And yeah. expect a great cold open from Freddie one of these days yeah. when he finally comes through. You know through. what? I'll drop the slammer, as they say. The slammer. Nice. Like the go. jail? Or? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it. It's a tease. It's a tease. <laughs> okay. Hey, we should do like jaw workouts before next week because my jaw's already like sore from smiling and talking. And so already? Like, we just got Absolutely. started. I know. I know. It's been a busy week. Okay. Well... I'm very excited for what we've got to talk about tonight. In fact, I'm a little bit lamenting the fact that we are cutting one of our segments. Can't do this on some of the roundtable episodes. We've got so much to so much to talk about. I just saw a comment in the chat about excrement. So uh, I'm not sure what to do with that. Just Yikes. gonna blow right past it. Um, blow right past it. Uh, We're yeah. talking about yeah. uh, Darth Bane rules two. Can't even look at the chat. I'm gonna have to All mute right. y'all over there. Um, All right, I was gonna hold out so, on this. I'm sorry, I got us interrupt right there. <laughs> you guys can't hear this, but um, 
I just put a little fart in the, uh, the live stream. So. <laughs> oh, there it is again. That's Darth Bane for you. A little carried away. Uh, All right. Oh, I'm my done. goodness. I relinquish control. Uh, we have to... We have to cut uh, some of the segments, including Thraken's Thrift Store. However, I will say this much. I got some things. I'm very proud of them. I'm very excited. They're some of the nicest collectibles I have ever purchased, ever, as a Star Wars fan. And I could not be more excited. And uh, just hang on to that for next week. Hang on to it. Or two weeks from now. One of these days, whenever we get back to it, it's going to be amazing. Now, we are going to spend a little bit of time on Legends Lookout. That is because there are a couple things that are time-sensitive. First and foremost... There's a sale, and I've already used it, and I just made the mistake of telling my wife about it, oh, and just got an email confirmation that she just ordered eight books. Uh-oh. As one does when there is a sale. You don't want to lose money. None of them were Star Wars books, unfortunately, well, for her. You know, they can't all be Star I, however, Wars books. Right. They have to have some that aren't. No. Otherwise, they, they, they won't be special. They can absolutely all be Star Wars books. Star Wars books. All right, I got uh, the Barnes & Noble you ever heard of them? The Barnes and Noble? Oh, Why'd yeah, I say it yeah. that? Way? It's a oh. quaint <laughs> little shop. Do they do they sell agricultural goods? They have barns. I think they sell that three story uh, book series uh, with the blue guy. Oh <laughs> my goodness, they do in three or four different formats. Well, um, we do have a huge sale happening over on BarnesandNoble.com. You can go first and foremost to Utini.com. Important. Go to the book of choice. Click the Barnes and Noble link. To take you over to barnesandnoble.com, you know, hey, do us a little favor there. They have a 25% off pre-orders sale. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't you guys a Legends show? Why would we be, be buying new books with pre-orders? Mm-hmm. Freddie, tell the good people what kind of books they should be purchasing with this 25% off pre-orders well, sale. Well, well, well. Trusa Bakura is not there, but you know what is there? <laughs> the uh, Epic Legends Collection, wave number three. Uh, which collects, uh, I can't recall at this moment, but we've got, I believe, an X-Wing book, right, Jared? We've got... Wedges Gamble, yeah. Uh, Wedges Gamble, and then we've got uh, another... Is it? Are we wrapping up the ba- uh, Bane series as well? I think so. Uh, I think so, I think so. Looking around me to see, they're in a box somewhere. That did not help. <laughs> <laughs> Plagueis, Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis, the best canon book of all. <laughs> um... I feel like there's another one. Yeah, we're doing great. Is, are we, are we going with a, a Zahn book? <laughs> Kenobi. Darth Maul. Kenobi. Can, there Ooh, it is. Yeah, yep. okay. Kenobi, that's right. Yeah, Kenobi. That's the fourth one. What great cutting-edge content. We totally know our stuff here at Legends <laughs> Look Back. Um, yeah, the next wave of Essential Legends collections is totally uh, worth your pre-order. Great way to go ahead and let those authors know, we want Legends. In fact, we can't wait for it. We've got to pay you money way before the books come out, but at a reduced rate because we like sales. Right. However, there's one more book. John Jackson Miller just tweeted about this, in fact. Uh, shout out, Ooh. friend of the show, John, John Jackson Miller, name drop. He mentioned the fact that there's a book coming out I'd forgotten about. Hmm. Rick, uh, tell the good people about this book. Uh, the Approaching Storm. Is it a two-in-one? Is that what's going on? Yeah. I, I don't know if I actually have heard this announcement uh, from the source, but yeah, they're publishing Kenobi and the Approaching Storm in one volume as a hardcover, which is pretty exciting. Oh, theoretically a hardcover. Now it's Barnes and Noble. The and I think online it says it's a Barnes and Noble exclusive. Oh, yeah. so it's you know gonna I'm have thinking. a nice cover. Okay. You know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? I'm thinking that it is 
It's one of the, yeah, that, mm. that's right. One of those leather-bound bad boys with the bookmark Ooh. inside. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. That built-in bookmark, man. We're suckers a, for some ribbon. With mm. a human eye on it, so it stares at you. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, <laughs> human eye. Uh, AR. I like, like a hocus a, pocus a plug eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, hocus man. pocus or like the monster book of monsters, you know? Somewhere like in Either between. Either one with the yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. and the rancor, <laughs> the rancor oh, yeah, cover, like Crate Dragon for Kenobi. There you go, That's guys. Not the worst idea I've ever heard. Pay That'd us be money. Awesome. Now, I would buy that. I'm, I'm anxious to see what this is going to look like. Also, what it's going to smell like. Coming back around on that one because uh, mm, Lord knows when you get smellers. a new, yep. you get a hard cover, you got to sniff it. Jared's it's a repeat amazing. sniffer. Sniff the for crack. Sure. It's got to be the crack. That's right. Okay, <laughs> all right, moving on. Anyway, lots of good Legends books over My, there, barnesandnoble.com, that you can yep, pre-order yep. those. There's one more piece of news we got to cover here in Legends Lookout before we get into the meat of the show, and that is uh, some old information kind of resurfaced on the internet the other day, and it's hard to know um, if this is new news. It was something I'd never heard before, and it certainly blew up on the interwebs thanks to some rando on Reddit. Shout out to you, rando on Reddit, for uh, helping this get around. That uh, well, Emily, you haven't had the honors of reading one of these. Why don't you tell us uh, what was going around the internet the other day? What about the uh, the '90s show that almost happened but never did? No, I don't know about uh, this. All right, Rick's got a Rick's got a graphic. Me for in. Us. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what? check this out. Young uh, Jedi Knights. Yeah, apparently, um, as the story goes, that in 96, Lucasfilm was approached by Fox Kids about adapting Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta's Mm -hmm. Young Jedi Knight series to television as a cartoon. Uh, And, you know, Fox Kids was fresh off of a string of successes, and it was during this time of period of time, I can't read and talk, man. They were broadcasting legendary hits like Batman the animated series, and Spider-Man, mm. the animated series. Ah. The studio would have been more than happy to add Star Wars to its roster. Uh, so, yeah, there's some good stuff there. Uh, however, Lucasfilm was focused at the time on the release of the special editions of the original trilogy. You know, that time yeah. of, of... We'll talk about that too much. As well as the Empire came out in 96, so there's that. Right. Uh, and they were doing production of the sorry the prequel trilogy. So any plans for a young adult television series in the cartoon format was completely shelved. Uh, Lucasfilm would later show renewed interest in the idea in 2003 with their production of Clone Wars following the Republic's Order of Jedi Knights on Cartoon Network. Lucasfilm later did consider bringing KOTOR to the screen as yeah. well, but such plans what? never materialized. Piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I miss that piece. It's wow. funny. Um, I, sometimes I wonder if when you see something on Reddit or if I post something, I'm like, I wonder if, if Jared goes in there. And he's like, oh, this guy, this guy is pretty cool. He, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and it turns out to be me. We just don't know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's funny because in in. So at Rancho Obi-Wan, he's got a collection that is completely out of sight's eye. It's it's in his storage. And part of the membership, I get to join, uh, you know, certain galas and see certain videos. And, and there's like a, it what looks like a poster on like a black, black board, like a, you know, like a black okay. pastor, uh, what do you call it? Poster board. And then uh, images. Call it pastor board? That's yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at both of you guys. I'm like, what's that thing yeah. called <laughs> at church <laughs> where you put the names on it? <laughs> anyway, uh, the poster board. 
and it has like these the images of of uh i guess concept art right like rough concept art of what they liked these to be they weren't sure what era it was going to be and had no idea it was young jedi knight so that's pretty amazing hmm. well i gotta say big fan of fox kids from the 90s uh x-men the animated series one of my favorites you know definitely loved batman and spider-man um i also was a big fan of um man what's the other one Digimon, that was Fox Kids. Oh, Digimon, yeah. Oh, yeah. Digimon. Nice. Well, uh, this is tragic that it never materialized. F's in the chat for the show that never was, but we can imagine it and we can read it. In fact, I will say since we've got some time here, this came in the mail today. Good buddy sent me an extra Star Wars book he had, oh. and wow, is it in pristine condition! Oh, wow. Thank you, Rick, for sending me Young Jedi Knights Crisis at Crystal Reef. Which I did not own, and the blues and the purples pop like on this it. bad boy. Your thing. Oh man, um, that little little sus on the character faces there, looking you know, not sure. I'm loving the face of Jason Solo's giving me there. I'm gonna turn that upside down so it had to stare <laughs> at me. But I'm very excited for this news to have kind of come out. You know, it was old information recirculated. Uh, I did go and source check. It all looks legit. It all looks legit. You know what else is legit? Darth Bane, rule of two. I can't mm. wait for it to get to us. So, uh, without further ado, let's roll an ad, and then we will come back with the goods. Dealing with uh, nothing like moving across the country and having to totally reset up all of your <laughs> podcast gear to really just find yourself at a loss for which dial do I turn which direction? But thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. We have a great book to discuss tonight. Emily, tell us a little bit about Darth Bane, Rule of Two. Of course. So it was released in 2007, written by Drew Carpishan, an audiobook by Jonathan Davis. And the reason we're doing it now is there's an Essential Legends Collection edition was released in 2021. Um. Little known fact, Carpishan wrote the entirety of the book in five months. It was a rush. That's crazy. Pr- that's, that is insane. It was a rushed production because Path of Destruction was such a huge hit, obviously. It was like our favorite book ever. Because of the rush job, the cover artist who did the artwork for Path of Destruction wasn't able to finish in time, hence the original cover. Uh, but the final version was published overseas. And we have a Let's Chinese cover. Yeah, let's talk about these the artwork here for a yeah. second. Yeah. So all right. The original cover, Rick, do you have this bad boy? Famously, we say it looks like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 <laughs> graphics. Yeah, it looks yeah. like they just took a snapshot from a video game. Oh, I don't Give see me a it. Second. It's coming. <laughs> well, it should be. It's like those, uh, it's like those shadow assassins that uh, materialize oh, yeah. right you know next to you. Maybe just we don't want to show it on the show tonight. All right, I got it here. Cut to me, Rick. Here we go. This is it. Uh, the deal is Bane looks very ghostly. And Xana is looking fine, but kind of just like if it's it's not clear. It's very fuzzy. Yeah. Don't it's, love it. It's not amazing. Now, I will say, I will say, um, we do have the actual artist who did books one and three. I think we've got his name here in the notes. Who is this? John Jude Palancar. Um, all right, so there's the original cover, Rick. Finally found it, threw it up. 
Now, show the uh, the Chinese cover. I didn't throw it up. I just put it up. Because if I threw it up, it would also be stinky. <laughs> oh, don't come. Back to this. All oh. right. So huh. this is much more in line with the yeah. consistent covers with books one and three. Yeah. I like that a lot so more. It's, it's out there. Y'all want to hear my newest collecting rabbit hole going have... on? Oh, goodness. What are you doing Alternate now? Alternate titles. No. I'm trying to find this cover. Nice. But oh I don't want goodness. the Legends banner. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have to work <laughs> yeah. some uh, interesting Hickey, little skills Hickey. there. Some slicing there's, skills. There's also, like, Europe, a lot of Europe, Euro- the, like, Russian editions. Hmm. Yeah. Russian uh, So if Star anybody Wars has a lead. Novel. Russian. Very good. Wouldn't Bane make a good, like, Russian yes, book? I think. Yes. yes. I have to think through the politics yeah. of that first before <laughs> <laughs> I can answer. Yeah. I don't think it'd look good on the, the national... Yeah, international mm. field. Depends what um, they allow. I know that the, uh, I think it's uh, A New Dawn, a canon book that has a sick Brazilian cover. Um, oh, yeah. What? You guys don't, don't, don't well, about? the Bra- Brazilian Thrawn trilogy books are also just absolutely amazing. Really? Okay. Um, a lot of the foreign covers, it's one of my favorite you know, rabbit holes. We should do it. We should do a whole show sometime about yeah. Yeah. foreign legends covers. That'd be fun. I think the Japanese um, covers are pretty interesting too, and the, yeah. the Spanish ones. Hmm. Believe it or not, the last, uh, the last, what was it? It was Rogue One and Han Solo. Uh, what was, is there another standalone film? Are we missing, am I missing one? Rogue One, Solo, that's it? That's it? I've yeah. seen both yeah, of those. I, I have not seen those in the Holiday U.S. Special. I've only I've only <laughs> yeah. seen them in in Spain because that's when really? I would go visit family and uh, okay, what it'd be around that time of year. Like, <laughs> I've only yeah. seen them in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> now we do me. have a third cover now, and that is the Essential Legends Collection cover. Ooh, now, what I like about this, I call yeah. it Dread the Dread Susanna cover. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Now, in her lightsabers, you know, are yellow here, but I think it's just because the whole cover is yellow. Right. Not I wonder they why they chose yellow. Yellow in universe. It seems like an interesting color choice for a it's dark a cool lord. Cover. It is cool. Yeah. Like I you think, think it'd be like also, red or something for the Sith. Yeah, you think. Do y'all so. think that Bane puts on eyeshadow? Totally. No doubt. Well, maybe it's an orbalisk deterrent. <laughs> he hasn't slept. Yeah. <laughs> I think he keeps it's... the orbalisk out of his eyes. <laughs> Well, he's wearing, probably, that, uh, he's wearing that cage, right? So he can't get the orbalisks on his face. Yeah. I think he only wears it when the he's cage. sleeping. I would I, love to I, see a picture of that, like a I prototype really, for the yeah, orbalisk cage. I need to talk we about these orbalisks. All right. We have one? You have? Did you collect there's, it, Jared? Uh, Is it still shrink-wrapped? There's an image with Bane <laughs> and orbalisks all over his body. And Do we, yeah. we want to see it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is in a book that I got as a kid. Oh. The new Essential Guide to Characters, from like two thousand three, two thousand four. I think it what? came out even before Revenge of the Sith. That's a wacky looking Bane. Yeah. That's, now, I don't if like y'all that Google one. Bane in Orbalisk armor, there's some cosplayers hmm. who have made this look. That dope. would be really hmm. cool as cosplay. <laughs> if you're not like doing this wacky like wizard look that he's got going on. <laughs> Yeah. It, it can look really cool. And yeah. I'm legitimately thinking about making it. Hmm. Except for Bane is a buff dude, and I, I'm just not. So well, if you're can, adding the armor on anyway, you might as well just add some muscles too. Get one of those like yeah. Batman suits, you know, and yeah. just pump it up. Six pack. All right. I need to talk about this since we're on the topic. Um, when I first read Rule of Two and we got to the obelisk section, I just 
I don't. I, okay, I do read quickly, and so sometimes the details I I, I get lost. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to know what happens, right? I want to want to know what happens. Sure. And so when when I heard about all that, I was like, Is this like a turtle turtle shell? Is this Darth <laughs> Donatello that we have? Like, what is what is going on? Because Sith I Lord in the half shell. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I pictured. Which he just had this shell that he was wore and could retreat into, like a turtle. And so that was my picture of Bane in my mental image. That's hysterical. Leave me alone. I need to take a nap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just curious how they replicate. Like, how do they duplicate themselves while being attached to anyway? When that a mommy was... and a daddy obelisk love each other. No, I'm just no I mean, it has to be a yes. obelisk. Thank you. Thank you. Obelisk. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the genius of the name is it's obelisk, yes, but that's obelisk. Right. It is low-key one of my very favorite words in all of Star Wars. Yes. It's so satisfying to say. a lot orbalisk. the last couple weeks. Orbalisk. That's right. I'm a fan. A second ago, I saw Rick mouthing it and Freddie <laughs> saying it, and it was fun. I enjoyed that sensation. I really did. Well, Puppetry. I will say this is absolutely one of the best Legends books ever written. Now, I controversially said on our Path of Destruction roundtable that I think this is better than Path of Destruction. So I'm curious to think what you all think about that i got a little bit of heat in the discord some people disagree Ooh. with me that they're gonna have to go and listen to legends look back to find out why i think that i think this is better i do think it's got some shortcomings because it was a rush job however it is fantastic mm-hmm. i cannot remember the last time i enjoyed just like in any you'll ever do this thing where even though we do this all the time sometimes a book really hits for you just really yes. hits so mm-hmm. like even even when you have free time, like five minutes, you're like, I got a bathroom break. I'm like, I got to put in my earbuds and listen to like five minutes of Rule of Two. Like, that's how much I'm loving this. <laughs> Every last spare second I can get, I'm listening to this book. Does this ever happen to you, Freddie? You said uh-huh. it has? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it, it it's possibly because we're reading it for a different point of view, right? Before we would read it for fun. And once we were done, we were done, right? We would commit some of it to knowledge and... Pass on and go on, you know, pass that one on, go, go on to the next book. Uh, sure. And in this case, we still do that, but now we read them to understand it, to, to, to ask the questions that we're going to ask and, and answer them the way we're going to answer, right? So uh, we have a different point of view, but also uh, it might just be the maturity, right? We're, we're a little older now and, and you know, we're aren't, we aren't in, in high school or, or in college reading these books just for the pleasure of it. Uh, we've lived a little bit of life, right? So it it reads differently, and and I think that's going to go the same with with uh, a lot of the canon books. Anybody who reads them in their younger age and they read them ten, twenty years from now, it's going to sound totally different to them. Now, uh, let me ask you guys: What's your history with this book? Have you read it before? Yes. Because this is one of the books I have the most visceral memory of reading. Uh, <laughs> well, that's got to be a story. There was a summer. All right, buckle up. Here go. Um, Visceral a is a very my, choice word. <laughs> as as a teenager, my parents would let me drive four hundred miles what? across the country to across country for you know the, to the next state from uh, Arkansas to Oklahoma to visit my hometown with my friends, and I would spend the summer there. We'd go to summer camp. We'd goof off. Um, one time, we snuck into the chief of police's pool. I mean, it was just a whole thing. Um, <laughs> Don't you know, hopefully he doesn't watch Legends Look Back. Sorry, dude. Um, Chief of Police. 
and we I went to a bookstore, like a, like a Walden Books in a mall or something. I this was before like I w- we had Utini and I knew all the Star Wars books were coming out for the whole year. I had read Path of Destruction, and then all of a sudden, Rule of Two, the hardback, was sitting in the bookstore on the shelf. And y'all know me, like I'm. I can't just be chill over something like this. I just scream. I have zero <laughs> chill. <laughs> I picked up the book and buy it. And I didn't have money for a $28 hardcover. Are you kidding me? And I just remember awesome plasma. that summer. At, I remember staying up all night at preacher training camp. The last <laughs> night of preacher training camp. In the stairwell. I remember one of the counselors came by and was like, aren't you going to go to bed? And I was like, you don't understand how good this book is. It, it it gets really heated at the end too. We, you know, I'm about to get into spoiler heavy territory in a second, and I just you know, eventually my dad, you know, they'd come in for the last night, the award ceremony. There's a lot of backstory here with the origins of preacher training camp. Another show. <laughs> anyway, he was finally like, "You've got to go to sleep," and I was like, "No, I'm gonna finish this book." All right, that's my memory. There you go. Um, I can still smell that stairwell like it was oh, yesterday. Man. Smelly. Yeah. You've read this one before. Emily, this is a repeat read for you. It is. One of the few. I read it. So let's see. I read Path of Destruction because that's one of the Utini's foundational five. So like back in the original days, I read that one. And then it's a trilogy. So I'm pretty sure the ebook had all three books together. And so I just kind of kept going. Um, So I read this kind of back to back to back the first time. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty simple. Uh, very different from my first experience. I read them as they were coming out, yep. which is rare for me with Legends books. Freddie, what about you? Yeah, man. This this book brings back an interesting memory. Uh, it was about 2007. I was staying in the dorms still, and our dorms smelled like cinnamon, like right, like, uh, <laughs> like a rice milk with cinnamon. I don't know. Your dorm know. smelled like that? <laughs> The whole dorm smelled like like cinnamon rice. Where milk. was it? Spain. <laughs> Mine smelled like men's feet. <laughs> yeah, that's what dorms should usually smell like. Ours did. Or like Bane and Orbalus Carmer. It was also <laughs> it was also very old. Like it was it was a very old uh, uh, building. So it's probably like just generations and generations. Like rice milk, cinnamon. Like <laughs> oh, you're yeah. like horchata. Like that's what you're <laughs> describing yes, right now. It's exactly. like horchata. Exactly. That's exactly. All right. It. Like what? Horchata. Horchata. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're more cultured Never than we it. are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I'm I'm in the dorm and I'm I'm looking at the clock and it's like three AM and I remember thinking to myself, you know what? My class is at eight. If I go to bed at five, that's okay. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, this book was I was into it, man. It was it was It's a page turner. Uh, it, yeah. It I, I just remember I bought it that day. At the bookstore, the student bookstore, I came back, uh, of course, charged my student account. Didn't pay for it uh, right up front. <laughs> you put this book on, like, on credit? I'm oh, yeah, so any Star Wars book that came out you've had on this credit. Story on before. credit. <laughs> A Star Wars book. How many books did you for? get in lieu yeah. of textbooks? Oh, uh, a lot. <laughs> we should have a. Oh, my gosh. Dude, is that what sold an Star Wars books? In your your student library? Oh, totally. Yep. Star Wars books, comics, oh, that's everything. A... That's no way. That's awesome. It was dangerous. I was All right. Made a lot of money I'm going on to that. Freddy's college. Yeah. I was so like, youths. what's up? That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was my boombox on my shoulder. <laughs> <I gotcha. laughs> people don't do boomboxes anymore. 
I thought maybe a skateboard. So, I couldn't tell what it was up there. Hey, yeah, but, it could be. Hey, kids. Could be. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> Rick, have you read this before? Oh, yeah. This is um, uh, my second time through. And um, see, the first time, um, I loved it. It was just wide open experience for me. Um, the second book, I, I think it definitely, it's such a different book from the first one. Uh, I definitely love the it ending is. of yeah. it. The combat scenes at the end, those are you know, mm-hmm. like some of the best I think that I've read. Um, and I remember this is when I was first getting into audiobooks. Hmm. And oh, that's spectacular. I, I need to uh, need one. to confess that I was too cheap for Audible. And so I I found them on YouTube and I listened to them for free. <gasps> and no, Rick. I know. Is it the but, ones with the, the uh, librarians that read it to you? And no, they no. said. <laughs> no, it's the real deal. Oh, and wow. I I was so like in love with it that, that that is the one this is that was this is the book that that set me straight and I was like you know what I'm going to pay for these from now on <laughs> and there you uh, go. yeah I know I'm I'm ashamed to tell that story but it's true you know like and uh it's, I think a lot of us have, that's that's how there, there's pirates in Star Wars therefore it's okay never, am I right never something heard of like that. Um, something like that <laughs> this is the Jonathan Davis audiobook is oh, yeah. absolute chef's wonderful. kiss Love these, man. A delight. Um, mm-hmm. It is all right. I think I've read this four or five times at this point. I've read it so many times now. I've lost count, which is a really fun feeling. Really fun feeling. Now I do want to say uh, we're going to get into the summary of the book. We're going to talk about characters tonight. Overarching questions next week, and as long as we're going, probably a couple quick characters at the start of next week too. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to say I've got a theory about this. We're going to workshop it just real quick before we get into the summary. I think because. Drew Carpishan had to rush this book, and he wrote it in such a hurry. It's as if he immersed himself in it so deeply, like Bane immerses himself in the dark side, if you will, that it has that same effect on the reader. Hmm. It's a book that you can't stop reading. It's, I would say, maybe the most page-turner of any Star Wars book ever written. Whoa. You heard it here first, folks. Hmm. Bold claim, wow. sweeping declaration. The um, the most addictive Star Wars book ever, like the dark side. Once you've got a taste <laughs> of it, you can't you can't stop. It's all consuming. Uh, I think because he had to write it in a rush, and so I imagine he was doing 10, 12-hour days on this thing. Because of that, I think it has that same effect on the reader. Hmm. It's just so incredibly immersive because he gave it so much attention and devotion and focus. What do you think? Yeah. Right or wrong? Yeah, I could. Who agrees? I could see that. I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there where is you like can a sense that? of urgency in the in the novel. Exactly. As it goes on. It's like it's like film, right? Like during slow scenes, your eye stays in the same place, but when it's a quick scene, right, your your eyes are moving all over the screen, and that's exactly how the book feels, right? You're hopping from planet to planet. You mm-hmm. see Xana's like, "Hurry up, we gotta get out of here," and and there's just a sense of urgency to to just. And we all kind of know how this ends, right? We should we should have an idea of where the future is at this point. And that's the cool part of being like a Star Wars fan. And I actually put that in in uh, Discord. I believe it was how cool it is to just experience uh, different parts, right? The, the Jedi are in the fog of war. They don't have any idea of who Bane is, but Bane knows yeah. who they are. And then we we see what it's like when they meet. And the whole time you're just like, I mean, I was working out to this because I was just so pumped. <laughs> This is a good workout okay. book, actually. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, 
th- this book controversially I made the claim that I think it's a better than Path of Destruction. Some people, including here in the chat, Caleb Blamanick <laughs> from the Cosmic Force, disagreeing with me. That's fine. You're welcome to disagree with me. Yeah, I disagree. Welcome to disagree with me. But this is my show, so whatever I say goes. Now, <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that because the first one is an adaptation of a comic and a short story. It's as yeah. if the whole third act is kind of shoehorned in there, and he's mm. trying to make it fit, and it's just a little awkward to me. That's true. And maybe that's because I know too much. I've got too much of the backstory. Um, rule of two is his, it's his baby. It's to, I mean, he gave birth to this thing in the five months of urgency, and it is very much a – now, here's my reason why. There's no skips. A lot yeah. of times in a book, there's a there's a chapter or like a whole plot line where you're like, ah, I can't wait to get back to Luke Skywalker <laughs> and what he's doing to the main plot. This book doesn't have that. Hmm. Even Xana's plot, uh, Johan's plot, I wouldn't even say Darovitz, Darovit, Darovit, Tomcat. His his plot. I mean, every single one you're like to- just as invested as the next. All right, that's it's a really good my... middle book of a trilogy. Like, it does a really great job weaving the first and the last storylines. Like, all the characters are really well melded. Like, I felt like there aren't any extra characters. Like, there are in a lot mm -hmm. of other books. I see see everyone's point here because the first one is an absolute page turner. The second one reads really quickly. And the way I feel these books read are exactly the pace that the book is set, which is interesting, right? The first part... Bane's learning. He's becoming. He's not quite there yet. He's He's got to take some time to really dig into how to be a Sith, how to fight. And in this book, I mean, we see how good he is at fighting. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. And we see how good he is at understanding mm-hmm. the martial art. And Xana, too. I mean, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the crazy thing is, is the first one, you get time with Bane. You get time to sit down with him, question people, read the tomes. And the second one, he's like on the go because he killed all of the... Uh, all of the Sith and basically a good chunk of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. running and trying to get things going and he's infected and trying to figure out how to get out of this thing, searching for knowledge. And he's got to be quick and stealthy about it. So the book reads quick and stealthy to me. So not as d- diving deep as a lot of people liked with the first one, but also like action-packed, just like Emily said, as a second book. If this was slow, I'm not sure a lot of people would have picked it up. <laughs> hmm. That's a good point. Now, all right. We we talked last week about how Utini has now made it onto the back of a couple of Star Wars books. I just picked up my copy pay the paperback of Victory's Price yesterday. Hmm. It's around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Utini <coughs> uh, is in those yellow letters right at the top. Let me zoom in closer. Oh, yeah, Look at that. Right there at the top of the mm. book. Beautiful. Now, I would love to get a Legends Look Back mm. quote on the back of an Essential Legends Collection book. So let's workshop it. Let's try to get the wording just right. Okay. Yep. Um, I wonder how Bane smells Legends Look Back. The- no! <laughs> <laughs> it's a best smeller, Jared Mays. <laughs> it's a best smeller. That, that is, that's a good one. I like uh, that. Okay. How about the, the fastest page turner in all of Star Wars Legends? I like fastest it. Fastest page turner. The fastest, best page, the, the, the most page turnery Star Wars book there ever did was. These pages go. these pages will turn faster than running the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. I don't know. That's a good one. Post it. <sighs> yeah. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
We're kind of, well, let's get into it. Remember, everybody, this is going to be spoiler-heavy territory, except for only moderately so, because I got a little ways into writing the summary and gave up. So there will come a point in which, <laughs> there will come a point in which it's a little bit open-ended, because like I'm, I'm like two-thirds of the way through the audio book. Next week, though, you can catch the rest. Here we go. The book opens on Rusan in the aftermath of the disastrous thought bomb, trademark, that obliterated the Sith, Master Hoth, and a hundred of the best Jedi. Besides Darth Bane and his newly christened Sith apprentice Rain, one Force user on Rusan survived, Rain's cousin with a rad nickname Tomcat. He rejects his childhood name, even though, as I just said, it's rad, uh, <laughs> in favor of his given name, Darovit, <clears throat> which I'm realizing is really hard to say over and over and over. <laughs> Darovit. It sounds like a swear word, doesn't it? It does. Especially a Star Wars swear word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, I'm glad you agree with me. He also rejects both the Jedi and the Sith, either, even after having served alongside the Sith in the Jedi vs. Sith comic. Bane challenges Rain to face Darovit as a final test before joining him. Rain chooses to spare Darovit, disintegrating one of his hands, which is actually pictured in the comic, which is really cool. He looks at it like, my hand! <laughs> and it's really cool. I like that part. All right, we'll post a pic in the, the Discord unless we forget... Instead of killing him, she defends her choice by saying there would have been no purpose in his death. That would eventually have cataclysmic ramifications years down the line. From there, Bane forces Rain, who chooses her given name, Xana. Xana, not Hannah, despite what uh, Emily and Autocorrect are trying to tell me. Uh, chooses Xana as her Sith name to find her way off planet. He's got super secret Knights of the Old Republic side quests to complete. Bane's quest leads him to Duxon, where he's tormented by an apparition of Lord Khan. In the Tomb of Frieden Nad, Bane is ambushed by ancient Sith parasites called Orbalisks, which feed on the dark side of the Force, reproduce all over their host's body, and form a lightsaber-proof body armor, but at great price. Immense pain to the user and an increased dark side fury. The original cover isn't the only video game element to this book. Ten years ahead into the future, which I've read this book four or five times, but I audibly gasped when I got to that part because I forgot. Ten years in the future, Xana is an undercover operative in exposing and eliminating threats to the Republic so that the Sith can eventually eliminate the Jedi and dominate the galaxy in one fell swoop. It's a little complicated, but you think about it, it kind of makes sense. And spoiler alert, if you watch, you know, the movies, it works. <laughs> this leads her to a man named Hetton, who runs an underground militant organization on Sereno, who teaches her about the ancient practice of Sith alchemy. But it's short-lived because uh, Xana leads him to Bane, who totally, d- just absolutely decimates him. It creates some tension between Xana and Bane, but uh, Xana begins to realize that Bane is not invulnerable. More on that later. While Xana's off running around with boyfriends doing secret Sith things, Zane's <laughs> trying and failing over and over and over again to create his own holocron because Revan's holocron was pretty dope, honestly, and he wants to be like Revan, don't we all? Mm-hmm. There's a lot more, including Sith alchemy. Xana begins to probe Bane's defenses in order to find a, uh, a crack in his defenses, to find a weakness, uh, trying to convince him to dispose of the Orbalisks, one because then he'll be weaker. But uh, Bane begins to realize these Orbalisks, uh, they're kind of getting on my nerves. Darvik comes back into play. Johan comes back around, and it all comes together in an explosive conclusion. We're just going to leave it at that mm. till 
next week. Now, let's talk about the two main characters for tonight, and then we'll call it quits. We'll get over to some of the other characters at the top of the show next week. First and foremost, Darth Bane. Ever heard of him? Yes. <laughs> this is interesting to see Bane, who we saw his rise to power last, almost said episode, last book. <laughs> interesting to see him now in the teaching role. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys all agree with Bane's teaching tactics? He seems to be teaching the same way that he he thought he should have been taught, right? The way mm-hmm. he thought the Brotherhood should have gone, which is if you're strong enough, you're going to figure it out. And, I mean, he basically left, right? And he's like, all right, bye. Uh, and she's like, why aren't you taking me with you? And he, he said it, right? If you're supposed to be my apprentice, you're going to find me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really instills what he thinks the rule of two should be, one who has the power and one who's craving it. And we all know mm-hmm. Xana is absolutely craving that power. I feel like he's yeah, consistently absolutely. testing Xana to see yeah. if she's worthy, which is an interesting tactic to take. Because in my opinion, like you take an apprentice and you just kind of commit to that apprentice. But like it seems like he's constantly testing her to see if she's like the chosen one almost. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Bane plays the long game. Mm-hmm. If she's not worthy, he wants to choose the right successor because he invented the rule of two. He's super in love with his teaching philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's like that professor at school who like pioneered a new kind of form, like a new theory. You know what I mean? Or coined like the a term. Like mm-hmm. Super and then, like... in love with their way of doing things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. Trying to think of one. I had a guy, I had a, a professor who had like his own missionary method. Like he had his own, in terms of training missionaries, like he had his own scheme on what this looked like. And, and he even like invented a couple of phrases, a couple of terms. And, you know, every, he thought, you know, he was the absolute coolest guy there ever was. And you kind of had to believe that or you weren't going to pass, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of what this is <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can tell that he that's, that's... he definitely is is looking at every single thing Xana is doing, right? Like, like just like mm-hmm. Emily said, he he puts her in these tests and he just looks at her what she does, how she reacts, and if she dies, she dies. <laughs> yeah, and like the first one, she's like ten. Like yeah, exactly. that's a little early, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah, just find a way to get to this other planet. So she like literally <laughs> has to murder an entire ship's worth of people and then like crash land yeah. like. What in Imagine the world? Imagine a 10-year-old going through that. That's crazy. Yep. That is you know, crazy. I, you contrast... What if you contrast Bane's method of being really cold and calculating towards Xana? There's a little paragraph, in fact, it's just beautifully written, that says uh, Bane was not a father figure to Xana. He trained her. He was the only other person in her life in an authority role. But he was not like a father to her. He was not warm. Never had empathy. Not an ounce of empathy toward her. If you contrast that with like Palpatine's method of training Anakin, mm. for example. My boy. He he coddles Anakin. Mm-hmm. He is a father to him. He that's inserts himself in that vacancy. Yeah. And, I, mean, I hadn't thought about that's, it. That's was, a good point. I was, point. Like, I was actually uh, in some ways. I was actually thinking, yeah, about how even the Jedi, like you never see you know Yoda being this grandfather figure He's still very, not professional, but distant and, you know, throws off attachments. And that's very much the Jedi vibe. So, yeah, I I get what you're saying, that the Sith could either go toward cruelty or, um, 
embrace a family passion kind of you know mentality of full um full sympathy and and all that that definitely be um yeah it's also it's also the sith thing right like how to be deceptive and and Mm -hmm. for for palpatine he was like you know this kid really wants a dad he only has a mom so if i act as that dad he's gonna cling on to me and believe everything i say Cetera, uh-huh, you just said cling on <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> no, <laughs> Rick, get out of here! <laughs> I'm a nerd, you nerd, you nerd. Now, Caleb uh. makes a good point in the chat that, uh, in the same way, yeah, that's true. But Palpatine was way worse to Vader than Bane was to Xana, <laughs> yeah. which mm-hmm. is also true. Which is also true. So it's it's a manipulation tactic. It wasn't him being an actual father figure right was manipulating acting like a dad great point rocky now i've got another comparison for bane he is like that professor in college who's pioneered a new theory he's unlike palpatine as the father figure here's another one he's a lot like Corey helton oh my gosh (laughs) and here's why i want somebody first of all i want somebody to please draw me a picture of Corey helton wearing orbalisks all over himself (laughs) and uh with a big cage helmet but wow. here's why. What? Corey goes from hobby to hobby to hobby, like fully immersed, mm-hmm. like absolutely um, tunnel vision, laser focused from one thing to another. Just in the three years I've known Corey, three, three years I've known Corey, he's gotten fully obsessed over like starting a YouTube channel, learning everything. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about this thing in... <laughs> <laughs> everything there is to learn about this one particular topic in a weekend. And he'll say, okay, guys, I watched 720 hours of YouTube, and now I'm an expert <laughs> in this thing, right? Uh, he has learned terrariums. Got me hooked on that one. Thank you for that. I forgot about Big the terrariums. terrariums. Yeah, yeah. You know who didn't give up on terrariums? Me. I still like Aww. them. All right. <laughs> um, what else? The camper. Built a whole yep. camper out of a trailer. Utini was one of those projects. <laughs> Yeah, Coda, like software. All right, yes. he'll learn everything. Sure. Don't forget, utini.gifs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> utini.gifs. Corey. Oh, my goodness. I forgot. Yeah. Utini.gifs is Bane's holocron. Are you with me? Okay, okay. Bane goes from hobby to hobby to hobby. He invents the rule of two. Yeah. He falls in love with Githany, the first book. He gets super into, like, almost said Old Testament, into like ancient Darth, uh, dark side lore. He was a big Revan same fanboy thing, Same thing, same thing. Same, same. Huge Revan, Revan fanboy. Fell deeply in love with Revan. Mm. Then went to the Revan's house. Revan didn't care. And so <laughs> gave up on that. All right, so you see what I mean? Hobby to hobby to hobby. This book, his hobbies are Orbalisks and Holocrons. Ah, mm. Yeah, yeah, true. And the first one, it was it was Sith knowledge, but before that, it was it was fighting arts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. So, can I defend both Corey and Darth Bane here for just Please a second? Do. Corey is going to yeah. fire me for this. I mean, he, he's the boss, so I'll go and say some good words here. You know, I think from Bane's perspective, he has the burden of carrying all of the Sith on his shoulders. Right? He is That's the true. one who's moving things forward, and so he's. He's not doing these out of, um, you know, trying to just find distractions or like, it's not a distraction from his task. It is his task, in my opinion. He uses these to to find a way to like like um, holocron specifically 
that is his medium for making sure that information is passed because his big fear is that you know information will be lost if if he is killed before his apprentice is truly ready uh, and so and same for future lines of sith and so i think that his what we might call the distractions are actually on point and the the, the argument could, could be made for cory that he is you know becoming a well-rounded person through all of these uh adventures and different things he he does to fill his time that it's it's part of his mission you know um we'll go with that it's, it's just it's broad that way jared and i can also attest to that when we tunnel vision into our collections sure. for instance yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah 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 my star wars room is a big one it isn't getting a ton of attention right now as you can tell by the 40 boxes behind me goodness great point great point oh my goodness well somebody please share that that clip with Corey. Yeah, and also Rick's defense. Uh, we love you more than we love Bane, even more than we love Bane. Right. Hey, I've got he a question real quick. Um, is there more than one Duxon? The... No, it's it's the moon of Onderon. <laughs> okay, why do you ask? If there was more than one Duxon, oh, no. when they line up, gem. does that mean that we have all of our oh, ducks in a row? Oh, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I can't no. help it. <laughs> Jared's, Jared's gone. He's left. Everyone, that is Legends Look Back. Thanks for coming. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Should I start the outro yet? Uh... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Too bad about the controls. Oh, my so. gosh. This is, this is what I'm here for, guys. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> the couple of the friends I went out to dinner with, Rick, they said, oh, yeah, we love Rick, but his dad jokes, though. <laughs> his dad jokes. <laughs> we draw the line. We can only oh, go so far. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's got the dad jokes. It's a miracle I'm still married. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I came up with that comparison on the spot. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Pretty proud of it. Now, let me ask you this. Which is more dangerous to Bane? Xana, as her, you know, his apprentice, and she's supposed to overthrow him eventually when she gets strong enough. The Orbalisks or his his holocron hobby? Which of those do you think like poses the biggest threat to him and his focus on overthrowing the Jedi, so forth and so on? I'll start with you, Freddie. This, yeah, it seems like every single one of these things is going to destroy him, right? Xana doesn't want to quite end his life yet because she has a lot to learn and she thinks that she's weak. And but I feel like she's she's understanding that that the path that she's taking is a little different, right? She's more into the sorcery now, and that's not something Bane can really help with yet. Uh, and then there's the the obsession with, with you know, her trying to figure out how to get those orbalisks off. She knows that there's got to be something she can do. Uh, but mainly his, his fixation on trying to create this holocron, this is his legacy. So if anything bothers him, it, it's going to... You know, this is good. It could be detrimental, and it could waste a lot of energy. It could, it could drive him crazy, and the orbalisks with it. So we'll see. I don't know. It's an interesting take. Yeah. What are the odds of somebody finding it Mm. and you putting it to use? You know how many Star Wars stories involve (laughs) like finding a lost ancient holocron? Mm, These things just get buried in people's basements. Yeah. Whole point is hopefully for, somebody finds this. We'll we'll see. But it's it's, <laughs> it's like you're sort of like of investing course. in both Darth Xana as your apprentice and also the holocron. So it's kind of like it's his insurance almost. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't really have faith in her. Does Xana know? Yeah. About the holocron. Yeah. 
Because she's so, like trying to help him. So the whole out how point would it. be like, look, tr- get the holocron, record everything. After that, I'm killing you. Because after that, like, what's <laughs> left? So yeah. maybe that's why she's desperate to make him do the holocron and give him the attention he needs. So hmm. I do find the orbalisks a really good plot point, a really good um, plot device. I can't think of any other Star Wars story that has something as unique as the Orbalisks. A parasite that becomes Mm -hmm. armor Mm -hmm. that makes you stronger. So that adds this whole layer of intricacy to the book. It fuels his dark side rage. But then if they're destroyed, they poison you. Mm -hmm. And they also... Um, you know, make it where you're like impenetrable because they're lightsaber proof. Yeah. But you also like they, they like you know are, are bugging him. They're driving him nuts and trying to take over his body. But then they're feeding on the dark side, so it's a weakness mm-hmm. and a strength. I mean, so many Star Wars stories revolve around there's a deadly virus and we've got to stop it, yeah. or there's a super weapon and we've got to blow it up. There's always a way to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a very yeah, in- for that. intimate destruction. Yeah. Um, I actually think that the Orbalisks pose more of a threat to Bane than the mm-hmm. Holocron does. Because mm-hmm. they really, they cause him to lose his cool. He can't be calculating and mm. um, he doesn't have a clear head because of the Orbalisks. And as a result, he destroys the Holocron. He almost kills Xana. Like, it's really undoing everything that he has worked so hard to achieve. Um, so I think that they pose the bigger risk to his legacy and to his person than either Xana or the Holocron. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Um, same reasons you said, plus my, my thing of the Holocron, it has value long term. So I think mm-hmm. uh, the Orbalisks, <laughs> they, they definitely provide some, some, some protection, but I think the, the cost is too, too great. Yeah. I feel that, that what he is doing right now is focusing so hard on on his legacy but he also thinks that he can get by with the orbalisks and he's going to be fine and he can just figure that out later mm-hmm. right but i don't really know if he sees like how <laughs> how bad it's getting yeah it's also like one of those like untested like medical solutions like let's just try sticking these parasites <laughs> in my body and see what happens you know like mm-hmm. what can go the wrong? essential oils of star wars <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, gosh <laughs> You want an orbalisk? Here. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. <laughs> now, uh, I have heard the complaint that, you know, Xana obviously knows she's going to try to upstage Bane. She's going to try to overthrow him eventually. And so much of the book is Bane worried, paranoid that she's trying before she's ready. Can she? Can he trust her? But he implicitly can't, explicitly can't trust her. That's the nature of the relationship, right? But she has to trust him and he has to there's a certain level of trust that's all really interesting for me i have heard the complaint that this book isn't some people think it's not as good as path of destruction because there's not enough bane it uh it's been so much time on xana which for me is a plus i mean i think xana is an amazing legends character mm-hmm. we don't have enough lady sith lords do we not nearly enough well, i feel like we're i feel talent. like women can be so <laughs> very devious but, like, they're really underutilized as Dark Lords, in my opinion. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, I'm glad I, you I said that, not us. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what makes, I'm just saying, we have great so... capacity for deception. And, you know, like, there's a lot of tools of the Sith that I feel like a woman could wield a little bit better than a man in a lot of ways. 
That's fair. Um, possibly more subtle. I'm not going to mm. say too much. Yeah, it's okay. This. You don't have to. Just just leave dangerous. it as is. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. My cat is trying to join the podcast here. Um, I love you. Cats also would make business. great Sith Lords. Yes, I totally. Think. They would be way better than dogs for sure. Not convinced they're not actually real Sith Lords. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like yeah, it's a tangent right there. I'm just waiting on a dad joke to come from Rick on this one. <laughs> I'm trying to reel but. it in. I'm trying to. This is for you. It's a service. Just uh, I'm gonna stay on the script. Uh, I, I do. I do want to ask you guys. Do you think that Xana upstages Bane in this book? Do you think she takes too much of the spotlight? Not in a bad way. Definitely but not in a bad that way. She shows her potential. Mm-hmm. You can you can see the story starts to split time between them, right? The first mm-hmm. one was basically 100% Bane. And now we see the point of view of a couple of different people and their journeys through this this thing that they're going through, right? And, uh, I mean, we're, we're with Xana for a while by ourselves. And, and mm-hmm. Bane, we don't know what he's doing. We do, but, you know, he's, he's off doing his own thing, uh, finding half-dead me- oh, mechanized yeah, beasts little, like, or whatever. Animal? What were they called? Um, um, the yeah. robotic animal. They were corpses. like robotic animals. Yeah. Robo beasts? No. Techno beasts. Techno That's beasts. what it was. Techno beasts. Techno beasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, I, I, I'm glad you guys see it the same way as I do. I love it when we're all on the same page and there's no disagreement. It's not always the best for the podcast, you know. Can I have some disagreement there? Uh, let me ask you this, though. Uh, how do you think... Whoa! What, you see the cat? Yeah, yeah just a cat tail. Just... She's hanging out. She's wanting to play. She's upset with me uh, for not... She's like, why are you awake and in the house and not playing with me? Nice. Mm-hmm. Valid yeah. question. do you have human friends? Um, techno beasts, if you will. You could probably probably put a puppet on that cattail. Just saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel for her. You know, we've been through a lot with the move. You tried moving a cat across the country. She's very resilient. Also, I look very sinister petting a cat in my lap <laughs> while I discuss Sith lords, don't I? <laughs> is this? It's like uh, who is it from uh, Inspector Gadget? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, absolutely. Would you quit? I mean, I'm, all right, get out of here. Come on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> can't even get her down. All right, let's close this thing out. <laughs> One last question. How does Zana, Zay- I almost called her Zane, it's a different Legends <laughs> character. How does Zana change as the book progresses? So now we see this is really her up-and-coming story as much as mm-hmm. uh, the book. The first book was Zane. Uh, was, I did it again. <laughs> was Bane becoming a Sith Lord. This one is Zana becoming a Sith Lord. How do we see her changing throughout the book? Like, what are her major beats? What are the most formative points in her journey, do you think? you think it all came down to the fact that uh, Bane, you know, told her to find her way off Rusan? Uh, do you think there's a bigger moment for her that was formative? Hmm. Emily, I'm going to let you take this one first. <laughs> I got to sit on this one for a while. I was <laughs> thinking the, most, the same. Here, I'll jump most in. Important okay. In her journey. I um yeah, I don't know if I have all the beats laid out, but I think just kind of the 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 change that takes place, you know, she goes from being a completely loyal disciple or um mm-hmm. not disciple, what's the word? <laughs> um Apprentice. Uh, <laughs> that could also <laughs> work. Yeah, I mean, an, an apprentice of the Sith Lord 
to ambition. You know, she mm-hmm. really gets it. And that once you get it, literally the rule of two, you know, she she starts craving the power and that completely occupies her agenda where it's no longer, you know, learn and respect for her her master it becomes how can i become the master and Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i can outline the beats per se but it's very clear by the end that this relationship is about to change you know the dynamics she's looking for that window of opportunity to really um you know take advantage of weakness Mm -hmm. she's no longer as interested in being subservient yeah 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 Yeah, totally the times in the in the uh temple archives i feel like the jedi temple archives really changed her her destiny right, not in the microphone kitty come on <laughs> it changed her her path right and her destiny because she ran into was it her cousin right uh Derivit? yeah and yeah. that experience changed a lot honestly i think if she had not done that she would have gone back everything would have been fine but mm. because of that whole experience right there mm. a whole a whole situation in uh happened and and during that she saw bane's weakness right mm. she saw weakness happen and I mean, she was. I would love to see a film uh, on mm. how her, she would use her her lightsabers and how impenetrable this is. I, you know what? Fan and the fifth. sorcery. Wes Jenkins as Darth Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think you know visually she would work really well. Uh, yes. Mm. The, first of all, the new cover, she's got dreads, so that's mm. cool. She's got a double bladed lightsaber. She does Sith sorcery. Yeah, I mean that that's a so really cool. unique character. She uses men to accomplish her agenda with no remorse. I mean, uh, it's really I mean, zero attachment. Fantastically crafted <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's several points in the story where she pushes hard into the dark side when she has a choice to turn back. Like you see that at the very beginning when um, who is it? She meets Hutton. And she kills that Chiss, the other the other woman, basically. Yeah. And instead of like like she it you see her have like, okay, I'm gonna choose I can I can stop now and this person will end up being fine. And then she just pushes her further anyway and like completely mm-hmm. destroys this Chiss woman. And then later on in the story, when she sacrifices Derivit to get away at the very end, um and really the whole dare of it thing, like you can see that there is still some internal struggle with her. Like she yeah. has a little bit of remorse, not much, but like it's reasonable to think that she could turn back. And I think that's what makes right. her character so compelling. And that's what makes this a really great backstory for her. Not only that, but Bane accidentally exposed her to Jedi stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I think... Anybody who's in the darkness, once you see a little bit of light, even if it's a tiny bit of light, it's mm-hmm. going to corrupt your darkness. So personally, that's how I see her journey is the entrance into that place and kind of seeing the experiences there. You know, it, it really changes how, how things go with her. She also doesn't have a father figure in, in his a contentious relationship with Bane. So the idea that she still has family out there mm-hmm. in Daravit yeah, really shakes her. And they had, especially in the comic, the Jedi versus Sith comic, and even to a certain extent in Path of Destruction, they're a tight-knit little crew of kids on Rusan. And so if you really sink into that, yeah, that's that's a lot to deform yeah. a person. And it's she wasn't so young that she didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They were close. 
they were close. Just like we're close here on Legends Look Back. I hope <laughs> none of you becomes a Sith Lord and blows up one of our hands and eventually, you know, murders us. Well, we'll find out next week <laughs> as we get back around to the second part of Darth Bane Rule of Two. We've got so much more to talk about. I've had to call it. We cannot finish all the character questions for the show. We will come back to all of this next week. That does it for this week. Thank you for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thank you to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making the show, and we're glad that you help us to do so. Thank you especially to Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, OK Indar, and J.G. Kars on our Jedi High Council, as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Sally and Chris Eilerson, Freddie C., Earl Q., and Matt Billington on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. Remember, everybody, sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice as well. That helps us out a lot, helps other people find the show. If you'd like your thoughts read on the show, we'd love to hear them. You can email us. Legends at uh, legendslookback at utini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel or just leave Palpatine memes. That's fine, too. <laughs> hey, you can leave a comment on this episode on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back. I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddy. At Wake Up Freddy. Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. And Emily. At Darth Daybeck. Perfect. If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as Darth Bane, Rule of Two, you can get the PlayStation 2 cover or the Essential Legends collection. Click that Barnes & Noble link, get that pre-order in, and it gives us a few cents to help keep the lights on. Let us know what you think after you've read the book. Leave us a little review. And remember, in the meantime, everybody, keep the Eugenie fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.